This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Grief Relief Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, good morning and good afternoon in New York, right? Yep, it's 2.30 here. Good afternoon, Mom. So we've got a great guest today, and I, and I know it's an important topic to you, and we will let our audience know about it, uh, about how the, what the connection is with you, but um, a great guest talking about the topic of healing grief, and she knows a lot about it. You want to introduce her, Heidi? Sure, I'd love to. Our guest today is Dr. Sharon Wesh. Dr. Sharon Wesh is an author, teacher, and spiritual healer and has 30 years of experience dedicated to healing grief. It is her sole mission personally and professionally. A pioneering spirit, she created a holistic center and has traveled internationally teaching spiritual healing. She is the author of Connected for All Time. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, Sharon, it's great to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, we could do... 10 shows with you. There's no question about it. And hopefully we'll... I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> 20 minutes, I've got so much to teach. <laughs> exactly. And, and by the way, we will do some more shows with you. No question about it. But this one, we're going to kind of focus in a little bit on your on these two books you've sent me. They're beautiful. Connected for All Time, book one, A Spiritual Solution to Grief After Miscarriage and Infant Loss. And then again, another one, Connected for All Time, book two, Healing After Infant Loss, A Journey of spiritual awakening. These books are so full of advice, stories, and information about healing um, after miscarriage and infant loss. And uh, you were telling us before the show started that you kind of found in your therapy practice that people had a lot of stories of miscarriage and infant loss, and you became uh, interested in that because it was such a healing process for them to talk about this. And then you started being a story magnet where people were coming and telling you all these infant loss stories. Am I correct? Did I sum that up correctly? Yes, you did. I started calling myself the story magnet because wherever I went after I set an intention to write these books, people would come up to me in an airport or uh, one time it was in a bar having a, having a drink late at night and, and they would just start telling me their story about the loss of an infant and how they uh, began to heal it. And so one night, on uh, Saturday night at 11 o'clock in California, I got out my tablet and started writing this woman's story. It, it was like that for uh, a period of 10 years. I, I spent 10 years re- collecting these stories and writing these two books. Well, it's it, they're amazing stories. And as I said at the beginning, uh, it is, you know, close to Heidi's heart, right, Heidi? Absolutely. I love that you did this because I have had two miscarriages and they were early, they were in the first trimester, Sharon. And as you know, people don't know you're pregnant and you have, you've had, you've told very few people and those that you have told usually don't realize the significance of your loss. I mean, in my case, and I know that this has probably been the case in many of the stories that you've heard, not only did I mourn the death of my pregnancy, but I mourn the death of the future I thought I was going to have. Exactly. And it's usually a secret grief because the woman hasn't told friends or family yet about the pregnancy and doesn't want to, and people don't know how to respond when you've lost a baby, uh, even a, a baby to SIDS. They, people don't know what to say. It's such a, 
uh, traumatic event and people's hearts hurt so much about it. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I'd also like to say to people who have not lost a baby that if you read these books, there's so much wisdom and you can substitute the word husband or brother or sister in place of the word baby and get the same information about healing your own grief if it isn't about a baby. You know, it's interesting because I told Heidi that also. That, uh, and, yes. yeah, and I want to move into some of the things that are in the book that I picked out that I thought would be interesting to our audience. And one of them is, and Heidi and I talk about this a lot, how can you recognize signs and messages you know, do what do I have to be hit on the head, you know, by or, you know, how can I know that there's signs and messages? And, and if I want to get signs and messages, how can I do that? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> the most important thing to be able to do it is to raise your vibratory frequency. Uh, I teach meditation. I teach spirit communication. And the whole idea is that our loved ones in spirit and the angels and our spirit guides all live in a higher vibration. So if you're busy, busy, busy with your everyday routines and your mind is in that active mode, you really won't get any communication. But if you can sit in prayer or sit in meditation or set an intention that you'd like to recognize the signs, that's a beginning step. And then you also need a lot of information. Um, Book one has a list of 12 different kinds of signs and messages. And also talks about angel visitations and dreams. Now, talk uh, talk about the dreams, about whether the dream is, uh, let's see, I th- how can I invite a visitation and how do you know? Did you say there were a couple of different kinds of dreams? Uh, yes, there's, um, <clears throat> well, the most important kind is a visitation dream. And what happens in that is the spirit of your loved one appears and begins talking to you, and you feel like, when you wake up, you feel like, this really happened, I was really there, and there's a sense of joy in your heart, because you've had this connection with your your loved one, it could be a spirit baby, it could be a father, brother, sister, I have a twin sister who passed away about eight years ago, and <clears throat> I dream of her probably every couple weeks. And um, often there's a light around the people in the dream, Uh, You come back with this sense of connection and filled with love. And it's also very important when you have one of these dreams, how you interpret it. Um, I'll give you one of my clients that I write about in the book. Uh, After her baby died for months, she was having this dream. And in the dream, she was rocking her baby, uh, swaddled in a blanket in a rocking chair. And she could see herself doing that. And there was a light around them. And when she was actually looking at the rocking chair and herself rocking, she felt very peaceful. But then when she woke up, she would feel filled with pain because she was yearning to rock that baby for real. So these dreams would be upsetting to her instead of helpful. And then she told her best friend that this was happening, and her best friend said, oh, that's terrible. You should make yourself stop having these dreams. And so then she felt worse. And when I started working with her, I said to her, oh, that's your baby coming Mm -hmm. to talk to you. Uh, That baby wants you to know that she still exists and that she's with you. And this could be a very healing time for the two of you. You never got to rock her in the physical. So in the dream, you're rocking her in spirit. And the light means you're on the other side doing this together. And it's, it's 
wonderful. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, I like that, yeah. So it was her interpretation of the dream that made it feel bad to her. And after I explained that, then she was like, oh, I didn't know that. I, that's wonderful. Yeah, you know... <laughs> So it's all about. I, I think. I think one thing too is Sharon finding safe people that you can share your stories with, like that, who won't interpret it as a scary thing. Exactly. I I suggest to all my clients and and the readers in the book that you find a like-minded person who will support you in telling your stories of spirit communication, who also have their own. And the, t- the two of you can be supportive to each other because some people are very critical of this and say, oh, you're just making it up. <clears throat> that really didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> let me talk about some of the other ways that you can get spirit, com- spirit communication. First of all, uh, in the work that I do, I want to shift people from dealing with grief at the human level, at your personality level, or talk therapy, because... Uh, that will help a little bit, but when you have lost a loved one, whether it's a baby or an adult, um, there is a wounding to your soul. Uh, we call it soul loss or soul wound. Mm-hmm. And talk therapy um, and reading books about grief and so on will not heal that soul wound. Mm-hmm. What heals it is <clears throat> opening your heart and connecting with divine love through prayer, uh, connecting with a message or a sign or a dream from your deceased loved one. And when you have an experience like that, it lights up your heart so that the pain is gone and you have the joy of connection. Mm -hmm. And not that separation. And not separation, right. And even if you don't have an experience, um, I want to read you a, a quote that one of my... One of my mothers in book two talked about, uh, her name was Mary, and she, her baby was only lived a couple days from a congenital heart problem. And 25 years later, she learned about spirit communication and um, meditation and so on because she had a diagnosis of cancer. But she was doing automatic writing, and her baby, Gregory, came through. And by this time, he's a, a wise old soul. He's not a baby. And he says to her, I guide you whether we talk or not. Your soul and mine are connected for all time, and we are communicating whether you are conscious of this or not. So that's a basic premise I have. This came through one of my one of my. I, I, I really like that, Heidi. Do you, do you feel a connection with Scott? Do, do I feel a connection with Scott? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel a major connection, and I feel like he is my guiding light, and I definitely feel a continued bond with him. Wonderful. That's my hope for all of the people that come to work with me, is that they can establish that. Most people think, everyday people think, well, if you get spirit communication, that's wonderful, but it's, it's a one-off, one-time thing, or it was magic, or that they can't do anything to make that happen. And the truth is, you can do things to make it happen. You can learn to meditate. You can learn to work with prayer. You can learn to recognize these certain signs that are probably already happening, but you're just not aware. Say that, Sharon. Um, a lot of clients come to my office and don't recognize the signs, and they have a lot of dreams. They don't recognize that yes. as, as visitation or, you know, and they have their signs out there all the time, but they 
don't recognize them? Exactly. Are you going to say something? And once they have the information, then they start going, oh, I've had that happen. Oh, I've had that yeah. happen. Let, let me read you something. Well, let me say one, one thing about our family, and then I'll have you read that. Okay. We find dimes all the time. Uh, I mean, we find them, yeah. our, Mark, Heidi has two sisters. We find them all the time, don't we, Heidi? It's really odd. And my husband is yeah. a semi-naysayer. <laughs> but when I, play <laughs> when I play golf and find them on the golf path, it's pretty hard to deny it. <laughs> <laughs> I love those kinds of stories. They always make me laugh, and I get a little chill <laughs> through my body when I'm hearing them. So one of those on my list is... Finding, uh, finding things like coins or a feather, um, mm -hmm. and it could be a specific coin like a penny or a dime or a quarter. Um, and each time you find one of those, what you need to do is, is uh, you know, kind of look up in the spirit and say, oh, thank you, baby, or thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I get the message. <laughs> I, I know you're. I, like I know you're sending me a little a little love tap. Here. That's sweet. We always t text each other too. Now you know the girls will text me or I'll text them. Found a dime today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. So another one is just feeling a presence, and often that's the hardest one because there's nothing physical about it. You just get a sense, or you start thinking about your baby, or thinking about your deceased loved one. Um, my mother's been gone ten years, and. The other day I was calling different relatives, and as I hung up from one, I thought, I think I'll call my mom. And I was like, wait a minute, I can't, I can't call my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but because I was thinking of her in that way, I think she was around. Yep. You know, it could be something simple as that. Right. My, my well, you can, can feel it. Father's, my, my husband smells his father's cologne sometimes. Yep. And that's another one on my list of smelling or using different senses, senses like a smell or... One of the mothers in the book had a would see a little glimmer of light off to her right side, and it was always on the right side. And for years, she didn't know what it meant. And then she finally began to understand that that glimmer of light was her the spirit of her baby. And of course, she'd see the glimmer out of the side of her eye, but when she really looked, there was nothing there. But usually, when you're getting that kind of little glimmer or smell you'll get a sense of chills through your body, or sometimes people call them uh, angel bumps. I like that, angel bumps, yeah. Well, I one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the gifts of tragedy. I, I know that people don't think about that. What are the gifts of tragedy, and how do we find them? Okay, well, you find them by listening to the inspiration that comes to you. I often think guidance comes from our deceased loved one on the other side. And a gift can be as simple as um, one of the stories in the book, there's a young mother who lost twins, and the uh, father of the twins had been quite abusive to her, emotionally abusive, and I don't think they were actually married. But one of the things she got inspiration from the spirit of her babies was, you deserve so much better. You do not need to take any more abuse. And within three months after their death, she split from this guy, spent a year alone, and then found the love of her life who treated her with the most kindness and respect. And she considered that a gift in the tragedy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that if she hadn't had the babies and gone through the loss, she wouldn't have been inspired to make her life better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. 
So it can be something like that. It can be a change in your consciousness like that. Or it can be another gift could be that um, <clears throat> many of my mothers in these stories, um, after they've healed their own grief, they feel inspired to do something to make the world a better place. Like one of them became a support group leader in her community for other women that lost babies. Um, another one, um, she had a long stay in the hospital with her baby in, a, in an intensive care unit. And she's become an advocate for uh, what parents need when they're in that situation. And she's actually teaching at conferences all over the world now about the needs of the parents when their children are critically ill in the hospital. Wow. So if she hadn't gone through the, you know, the long time in the hospital with her baby, she never would have been in, in, known of that experience and then in, in, been inspired to do it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and in my own life, you know, my first uh, deep experience with death was my own father. And at that time, I was a math teacher. I was in my late 30s. I had no expectation of becoming a psychotherapist or a grief healer or energy worker, any of that. But because of my dad's death, I went into grief therapy for myself, fell in love with the process, uh, changed careers. Um, then uh, eight years later, my mother-in-law died, and I had an experience of spirit communication with her. Just fell in love with all that process of spirit communication, read every book I could find. Um, so for me, the gift in my da- grief about my dad was, was to become a therapist. The gift for my mother-in-law was to get involved in spirit communication and healing at the soul level. Right. So it's like that. It's like you, you have an experience, and as you're working through it, you find some love, something that you want to do the rest of your life. I love it. That, find that purpose and meaning out of, out of this. Well, Sharon, I know you're doing a lot. Now tell us that you do the Radiant uh, Heart Healing, and I know you are available for telephone counseling, and uh, you've got your books. I just want to mention those, and then you can tell us about the other Connected uh, for All Time, book one and Connected for All Time, book two. And Sharon's going to tell us where you can get these. And I will tell you, there are just not only stories, but in the end uh, of the chapter, she gives you guidelines and tips and points. And I mean, these are very rich books. So tell us how we can find you. Okay. Um, I have a website for the grief books. It's called connectedforalltime.com. I'll say it again, connectedforalltime.com. You can also email me, and it's just my name at yahoo.com. So Sharon Wesh, S-H-A-R-O-N-W-E-S-C-H at yahoo.com. Or you can phone me at 847-809-5648. All right. And I've been doing uh, spiritual healing by phone for at least 20 years. Um, <clears throat> I, I had a clinic, a holistic clinic in Indiana till 90, for 12 years, and then when that closed, I had created a process called Radiant Heart Healing, and I wrote a book called The Radiant Heart, and for 10 years, I traveled all over the United States um, and, and Europe and uh, some in Mexico and some in Canada, teaching a process I called Radiant Heart Healing. 
Uh, if you go to the website, connectedforalltime.com, you can get a link to the Radiant Heart work. All right. And um, I use the Radiant Heart work for grief, and I have a force, healing grief. I have a four-step process. The way I work with it is to see energy, see grief as an energy. Uh, you know, like when you walk into a room and you feel like you say to yourself, there's a tension in here that you can cut with a knife. Right. What you're sensing is the energy of discord or the energy of anger because they were probably arguing before you walked in. And you can feel that. Mm-hmm. Same way you can feel the high energy of love at a wedding or in a church, or you can feel the low, slow vibration of grief. It's heavy in your, in your chest. Sometimes it's heavy all over your body. So I teach people to release the energy of grief, send it out using visualizations and imagery work, and if, my, if I'm right with them, pulling it out with my hand. And once we have cleared that, it takes maybe 10 minutes or so, then I have them visualize white light coming in the top of their head and filling their whole body, and particularly their heart space, with the white light. So whenever you release something you have to re- bad, you have to replace it with something good. It's pretty a simple principle. Mm-hmm. The world hates the void. Exactly. Wants to be filled. So you fill mm-hmm. it with white light. And in that process, often people are raised in their vibration to a to a level that right in the session they will have an experience of believable spirit communication. And um, I love it when that happens. It doesn't always happen, but I'll give you a a short version. I was working with a young woman in her early 20s. Um, She'd lost a baby like two years before. Her mother-in-law referred her to me. Her mother had taken my Radiant Heart classes, and she came not knowing what she was getting into. She'd never read a spiritual book, nothing. She didn't even want to talk about this baby. (laughs) So I brought it up and kind of pushed the issue and described what I just said about releasing the grief energy, bringing in the light, and she was able to visualize, thank goodness. So we did that process, and then I'm holding her heart space with my hands and visualizing the light, and, and all of a sudden she says, oh my gosh, I'm seeing this vision, and I said, what? So it's a little boy with blonde hair, and he's going on um, little shorts and a red shirt and tennis shoes, and I said, what's he doing? And she said, oh, he's just running around, laughing and playing, kind of running in circles, and he's so happy. And I said, well, I know you don't understand this right now, but that's your baby. Your baby died two years ago. This little one looks two years old. They grow up in spirit on the other side. And he's showing you this this image so that you can understand he's happy now. He's healthy now. There's nothing wrong with him. And when she got it, that that's what it was, she just wept out of joy, not out of sadness. And and then she said, you know, my son, who was five years older when he was born, keeps telling me that he sees him. Uh, Yeah, I hear that. I hear that often from people about... Younger yeah, children, the children spirits. See the spirit. We could do a whole show on that. Well, it's time for us to close our show today, and we thank oh you God. so much for being on. <laughs> thank you for being <laughs> yeah. on, Sharon. And as I said, I mean, we could we could do ten shows with you for sure. Thank you so much, thank and thanks you. Uh, for I'd all. Love to. Well, Heidi, that's been a great show with Sharon. What an interesting person, isn't she? She is, and she has so many interesting stories about 
Signs, Dreams, and Connections, and it reminds me of our book, Signs of Hope from Heaven, because we just recently published a book about this very topic and have a lot of great stories in there. Absolutely, and, and uh, so important to find safe people that you can tell these stories to and that you can share. I, I really think that is so key because I think in this day and age, we're holding those stories, um, you know, and, and not being able to tell people about them. So uh, it's wonderful to know there are people like Sharon in the world today. Well, thank you so much for listening to the show today, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.